Hi everyone and welcome to The Constant Cheerleader, the podcast that champions the people who go above and beyond to make a difference in the world and their communities over a cuppa. My name is Gemma Stevenson and joining me today is a woman who, if I was asked to describe her as an animal, I would say she was a chameleon. Such is her ability to adapt her skills to any situation. A talented basketball and rugby player who also works as a TV researcher, during lockdown she's created her own online workouts for wheelchair users, encouraging people to grab their broomsticks and tights as a way to stay active at home. Yes people, I think she does want to be at Hogwarts. Here to give us 30 minutes of her best mat talk this week is Ella Beaumont. Hi Ella, how are you? Hey, and I'm for sure I would love to be at Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Take me to Hogwarts right now. I reckon they'd have a spell at Hogwarts to like defeat coronavirus, don't you? Oh, it would be a dream, wouldn't it? We wouldn't have to all we'll be stuck inside. So <laughs> great. I know, it's like, come on, Harry, us muggles need you. It'd be so simple, just a flick of a wand and you're secured. Done. <laughs> I'm so aware now that we have immediately launched into Harry Potter talk. My friends may be listening to this podcast going. She's actually started to talk about Harry Potter again. <laughs> My sister will be proud of me. She's a big Harry Potter fan, so all good. <laughs> Let's get back down to business. There is a very important question I have to ask you outside of the world of Hogwarts. But I'm sure in Hogwarts they would ask you this question too. Um, I have to ask you about what um, cuppa you've joined us with today. So I'm going to be really disappointing. Like I don't drink coffee or tea. I'm not a hot drinks fan and even at work they're like do you want a cup of tea and I always say no and it's taken them this long I've been there a year and it's taken them this long to realize I don't actually drink tea or coffee speaking as a journalist myself Ella I give you another six months in a newsroom and then you will be a proper caffeine I on a really really cold day and if I'm really desperate to be warmed up then I'll have a cup of tea but it won't ever be coffee I feel like I would like coffee, but I've just never really grown to it yet. So <laughs> I've gone for just a big glass of orange juice. And I've actually also got an innocent smoothie here as well. Have you been on Innocent Smoothies Twitter during lockdown? No, I haven't actually, but they're usually quite good, aren't they, on social media? It is by far the best distraction technique you could ever get like if you need to procrastinate just go on innocent smoothies twitter i've spent many hours on it really good at procrastinating that'd be great <laughs> sometimes i don't even need a social media i just look at their bottles and there's often something good on their bottles that you can read as well so. <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm hoping that you never have a bottle of innocent smoothie when you're on the basketball or rugby court because then um attention span might go yeah we'll just lose track of what's happening in the actual game <laughs> did you know there's five apples in it <laughs> When we all get back to sport, I, I really want to be at a rugby event and see you doing that. Okay, I'll make it my challenge. We, we've kind of started talking about it, haven't we, about your sport. You, you've you been very sporty from a very young age. I don't think there's a sport you haven't tried, is there? <laughs> it feels like that sometimes, for sure. So yeah, I've, yeah, I've always loved sport from a very young age. Um, but my parents were very keen to get me into sport just because it was a way of just meeting other people with disabilities as well and I think that's important at a young age especially when you have a disability because you can meet people who relate to you and who are going through similar things to you you can have those weird and wonderful chats that you do have about well how do you go to the loo how do you do this the same as me and all those really inquisitive things that you do as a child but also yes yeah, sport is just it's a really good opportunity to feel equal to other people as well 
even if it, you're just playing all disabled sport, like growing up um, with wheelchair basketball, we can have able-bodied people playing in the sport. So growing up, my best friend from school, she came along to my basketball club with me and we played together. And so it was really nice. It was just something where we were on a level playing field. My sisters would come and play wheelchair tennis with me because they could. that's an easy sport that we could both play together. So yeah, I think it was just a really good way of feeling a bit equal, but also having my own special niche as well at the same time. It's a slightly weird, counterintuitive, but yeah, it was good. And um, you came through the school games system as well. The school games has been brilliant over the last number of years of actually being inclusive and wheelchair basketball seems to have become a permanent fixture of those school games. They have wheelchair tennis. It really is a great platform for people who want to go into elite sport, isn't it? Yeah, so growing up, the school games were like kind of the pinnacle in wheelchair basketball juniors that you wanted to get to. You wanted to get selected in the Southeast or England or wherever it was. And it was like representing your country at that age. It was a really big thing to do. And going to the school games was a great experience anyway because they had like a massive opening ceremony. You got to meet loads of other people, a massive banquet. It was kind of felt like what a Paralympic should be like but that you would never experience at this time. But it was a good opportunity to realise that that's what it felt like to be a proper athlete, which I thought was really good. So, yeah, I loved the school games. But I also, also loved, um, I came through the Willpower Junior Games as well. So they're based at Stoke Mandeville, and I only live about 20 minutes away from Stoke Mandeville, so I'm not far. I'm really lucky to have the home of the Paralympics on my doorstep. But yeah, I, so I attended all these Willpower Junior Games, and that was an opportunity there for me to try out a load of different sports. So I tried out there. I tried out tennis, table tennis. I did archery. Um, I did tennis there, actually, as well. I did try wheelchair racing, although that didn't end too well. So I've never really tried it again since. Go on then, expand on this. It didn't end too well. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one sport where I got straight into the chair because I really wanted to have a go at it. And they are so light. And anyone who's been in there will know that they, they are just so tippy. So if you sit up straight with your back straight, you will fall out backwards. You have to be leaning forward the whole time. But of course, I didn't know this at the time. So I sat up straight and I just flipped the chair straight backwards. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think this sport is for me if I can't even stay in the chair. So <laughs> that's the last time I think I had a go at it. <laughs> I want to talk to you about also within sport, you being a lover of making history. You did it with the GB under 25s women's wheelchair basketball team at the World Championships. Um, and yeah. you did it with um gb wheelchair rugby at a match i actually sat and watched uh you in not stalking you i promise um <laughs> and um it was at the quad nations in 2019 when they had a women's wheelchair rugby exhibition match going on um is that the criteria for you joining a team it must be some sort of first it's never purposely been the criteria <laughs> maybe it is becoming without me knowing but not purposely but yeah it has been amazing to be able to do all this create all this history um, and I think it's the right thing I think women should be given that opportunity in sport especially wheelchair rugby like there is very few women in the game and so for us to be able to put on a whole woman match it was it was incredible it was a really good feeling actually and being fairly new to the sport as well, I felt really honoured to be involved and, and be welcomed into the sport in that way. 
Um, but also, yeah, it felt more like a level playing field because I wasn't up against these massive men coming at you. you know, I felt like I could I could stand my own ground and, and give as good as I got to the women as well. So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, like, you're, you're involved with two sports that generally are seen as mixed sports that men and women can play together. But in both of them, in basketball and rugby, uh, one thing I've seen as a reporter over the years is there's been a massive push to get more women involved in the sports and to really show that both of those sports are just as much for women as they are for men. Definitely. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I absolutely... that That's probably why I like water rugby and basketball is because they are mixed. I really like that aspect of them because I think the men do challenge us and they do make us automatically up our game and raise our profile and really push us to be better. Um especially in basketball, like we are really, really challenged being in a mixed team. I'm up against some really, really tough, fast players. But having said that, I do think it is important to have a women's side as well. And for wheelchair basketball, we are pretty much one of the only countries in the world to do a women's wheelchair basketball league, actually. So we have three weekends a year and well actually and the playoffs as well so technically four weekends a year where we just play women's games and I think that's really good opportunity like it's also nice to meet other women in the sport some incredibly powerful inspirational women as well so yeah it's a really good opportunity and it's just nice to be on a level playing field for once and and all have some really competitive play I mean it's not not by any means easier but it's still really good fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah it always seems like it there's it seems to me watching it that there it's just as challenging and just as competitive a match to watch but there does always seem a bit of a different feel about it as well doesn't it it's it's a really unique it feels like feel. women goal power like yeah women, it, does, like... it feels like the spice girls are yeah. on court and you're watching kind of the spice girls yeah and i that's why i really like that slogan um that tagline this girl can because i think like we can, like, why, we should be given that opportunity. And uh, we have, we are starting to be, which is really good. And speaking more widely about women in sport, I mean, we've, we've come a long way in getting more girls to see that sport is an option for them. And taking part in sport doesn't have to be becoming a competitive athlete, but you're also, like me, a woman in sports media as well. We, we are still quite rare how do you think being a woman in sport has then helped you go into that in that media environment that you now find yourself in as your day job I think yeah you're right they do relate pretty quite closely which is I've never really thought about too much to be honest but actually now more I think about it now I'm like yeah actually we it's a bit of a similar playing field um I think it's given me the fight that I need I think it's given me also the belief in myself that to stand my ground and that I can we can achieve and we can push ourselves and be just as good as the men if we if we want to be. And um, so having that in sport and then putting that into work as well, yeah, it's been really effective. And, and we are taken seriously in, in work as well now and, and given those opportunities. And I think that's the way it should be. You had a very great start to your media career. You were um, part of the very well-known now production trainee scheme for Rio. It's created a lot of disabled talent in the industry both on and off screen you have a very important job don't you um because um as a researcher on the production side the stories start with you guys and and that's why it's so important to have disabled representation behind as well as in front of the camera isn't it 100 percent. yeah i totally agree and 
and I, I'd never really known anything about the media industry before I went into the training scheme. Um, I was studying sports coaching at university at that point, and I had never even considered media, but I'd seen this. Um, well, actually, my friend Rosie Jones, who's a disabled comedian, she was currently working as a media researcher in television and had been on a training scheme as well with Channel 4 and had seen this new scheme come up and had recommended it to me purely because it was all to do with Rio 2016. She knew I had liked that sport aspect and she knew I loved Paralympics. She knew I'd want to go to the Paralympics in some sort of way. So she recommended I applied for this scheme. And I didn't think in a million years I'd ever get accepted onto the Channel 4 scheme. I thought, oh, I'm not what they're looking for, really. I don't know what they're looking for, but I don't think I've got the media skills to be able to do this job. But apparently they liked that I was so passionate about sport <laughs> and they decided to take me on, which was really, really wonderful. So they took on about 22 of us, 20, 22 of us. Of, so it was an opportunity to get more disabled people into the industry and working behind the camera, like you say, in production. So I think it's really personally really important to have disabled people working on production. I think especially on um, sports programmes like the Paralympics, so if they are disabled, then I think you need that background knowledge, people who know disabled people, people who may know about disabled sport, to be working on the disabled sport because they have the most knowledge. They've, they're the ones that have participated in it. They're the ones who have the background and they're the ones who have probably been in that environment the longest and have yeah the most knowledge on that environment. I think they're the ones who are going to have the most accurate facts and who have the most personal aspects to add to the touches of it all. So, yeah, I do think it is important to have disabled people working behind camera. But also not just on para-sport programmes, but other sport, other programmes, anything, if that's entertainment, factual, documentaries, I think people should be given that opportunity. It should be a level playing field. We can do just as good a job, so we should be given that opportunity. And that's what I think Channel 4 have done really well. They've they've made that a popular um, environment to be in within the industry, and they've really encouraged the other and challenged other channels to do the same. That's what is a good outcome from it all. I liked what you were saying about it's good to have that disabled voice on something like the Paralympics because one thing I'd like you to ask you about, athlete representation as well. Because for anybody who hasn't heard of it, there is a saying called inspiration porn, kind of where people's achievements um, are made more spectacular because your disability is put before your sporting achievement. Um, but it, it's something since I entered the media, I fought against producing. You're an athlete as well, like myself. How do you feel when that inspiration porn line comes out? And how do you feel that it should move forward a bit? Um, it, I mean, it's never ideal. I never get offended by it because I don't think you should ever get offended by anything. I think it's sometimes just people where they have a lack of knowledge. And actually, that you can just simply be good at a sport whether you're disabled or not like I think that's the way it should be viewed um and it shouldn't be just because you're disabled that you've oh you're amazing because you've, you've achieved this in the sport and da, 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 da. but I think that could also be a generation thing like I know I love my grandparents a bit bits but they've always been like oh it's really good that you're doing all this sport isn't it and I was like no like I, sh I just do it because I enjoy it like it's not because I'm inspirational. <laughs> it's just because I actually genuinely enjoy getting on a basketball court and playing with the lads and, and really challenging myself. 
I think that's when I feel the most challenged is when I'm on a basketball court, on a rugby court, wherever I might be. Yeah, you just genuinely enjoy getting on a rugby pitch and bashing people about, really, don't you? <laughs> I mean, it's the perfect stress relief. If you've never tried it, definitely try it. <laughs> after a day at work, it definitely makes you sleep well after. <laughs> to be fair, people think it's a lot more violent than it is, and it, it's, not, it's not horrendous. Like, yeah, there is big hits, but you... It's how you take that hit. You can take it in a safe way. Also, the chairs are so beastly that it sounds a lot worse than it actually is sometimes. Yeah, it's just the metal crashing that sounds worse, I think. <laughs> so, Do you often think you're sometimes immune to some of the more shock-worthy um, aspects of the sport because you're involved with it? Oh, definitely. For me, it's just like watching another sport. Like, it's just... It's just the norm, really. But I do understand that it can be really shocking. And I think that's why wheelchair rugby was so popular in London 2012 at the Paralympics. It, like People were queuing out the doors because it was one of the first times that people had seen it played properly and at a really good standard. And and I think that drew people in because because it is so violent. And I don't think many people expect disabled people to be playing in such a violent sport. And like they're like, oh, they don't want to be injured. And like these people don't care. They've been through a hell of a lot more in their lifetime. A little bash from a chair is not going to make any difference to them. But people I know are always really, really shocked with my fun fact, which I bring out, um, that it's the only sport in the Paralympics with an on-court welder. And I think that sums it all up, really, because... Yep, you might need your chair welding back together at some point because it might break. <laughs> but also in wheelchair basketball, people are shocked that people fall out a lot of the time. But that's because the chairs are so light that if you're going at speed, someone just needs to clip your wheel and there you go, you're rolling across the floor. <laughs> and when I was training with GB, we used to um, have like certain drills within the training camp where we all have to tip, tip ourselves out our chair and then we all have to help each other get back in our chairs and do it within a certain amount of time so we know we can do it on court. And so we don't need to have a coach come on and help us back in our chairs and all that. So it was really, that was really fun in a weird way because, I mean, you ended up with loads of bruises on that session because you'd, you'd be falling out all the time. But it was a good learning curve because it got you, got that fear out of you that you're going to fall out because you've done it and it didn't hurt and you're still alive and it, you're fine. Um, and But also had, gave you that trust that your teammates were going to get able to get you back up and that you were going to be all right and you could carry on the game. So talking about carrying on, different kind of game, this one. I talk a lot about game changers on this podcast, but you really have been a lockdown game changer because you saw a gap in the online fitness market that was kind of building and you went with it because lockdown is kind of um imitating life in a way in that there were not those opportunities for online home workouts for wheelchair users were there i was quite jealous at the beginning of lockdown because i was looking at my mum. she was doing joe wicks every day her little 20 minutes perfect for her um then also my sister is quite a good she's quite a big fitness girl she um was doing all like the Les Mills body combat workouts. So really intense, raising your heart rate really high, really good core cardio um, and getting a proper good sweat on. And I just kept looking at them too, being like really jealous. Of, like I wish, I wish there was just something that I could do that was similar. And so I started trawling the internet just to see if there was anything online for disabled people or just any upper body workouts that might be um, good for me to do but and and don't get me wrong there is some out there and they are good but they're just not the most engaging or the most motivating like I like to work out with a bit of music I like to get a bit pumped and and really have that energy 
Um, but these videos just didn't give me that. So my mum actually was the one that just said to me, well, well, you wanted to learn to edit for work anyway. Um, and I bought a software a few months back, but never had the time. So she said, why don't you just film them and make your own? That way you're learning to edit as well. But also you're hopefully helping other people by putting some workouts out there. And I thought about it for a bit. And I was like, that's actually a really good idea. So I didn't really think it was going to go that well. <laughs> and um, just took a stab at it, made my first video. And it seems to have been really successful. And then I've also had loads of charities contact me since, since being in lockdown. Um, various gyms as well and said can you help make us videos as well for our audience so I mean I think I've been busier in lockdown than I would have if I was working so it's been great it's definitely kept me busy and it's made lockdown fly by so. I mean I think you're being a little bit too uh gracious and humble you're being peak British I would say you're being, <laughs> you're not shouting about what you've achieved I mean you've mentioned it like slightly your workouts have gone from YouTube to you're helping out charities like Wheel Power. You've got involved with an inclusive uh, gym up in the northeast called Gym Possible. You are being far too humble, Ella, right now. I've just been shocked, to be honest, by the power of the internet. Like, yeah, I had a guy from the northeast contact me about his, his adaptive gym, and he said, "Can you make some videos for Gym Possible, please?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And that is just simply the power of the internet and how far it can go. And it's just really nice to have that support and that everyone has actually genuinely appreciated it and thought it was a good idea so i'm glad i'm not, not just being a bit stupid and everyone has agreed with it so that's quite good i'm glad it's helped quite a lot of people and that was my original aim it wasn't to do it for follows it wasn't to do it for likes it wasn't to do it just to get on the internet it was to do it just purely to help other people um keep active and keep fit at home because exercise is really important for your mental health as well and if it gives you someone that focus of 20 minutes a day then I'm achieving what I wanted to. So, Coming out the other side of this, I know we've got a long way to go with um, coronavirus and coming out of lockdown and it's going to be slow, but do you think this op opens up a lot more opportunities for disabled people to get active? Because um, both you and I are quite lucky in that we have gyms nearby that are incredibly accessible for us and we have knowledgeable staff who know how to plan programmes for us, but not everybody has that, do they? No, absolutely not. And especially if you live in like London area, a lot of the gyms there. I don't know if you saw um, Rosie Jones on Joe Lives that's got your back. Yeah, she analysed. She analysed some gyms and went round and um, tested them out and yeah, see how accessible they were. And shocking, a lot of them do have steps into them without a lift. So that's first fault. You can't even get into the gym, let alone use any of the equipment. So um, yeah, we are. I am very lucky to live near um, some gyms that are accessible, which is lovely. But um, I do agree that actually, I think lockdown will change a lot, and I think it will give people more confidence to start exercising at home. And I've tried to make my videos so you're not using very much specialized equipment, and you can just use the equipment that's in your house at the time. Um, so I think I'm trying to make it as accessible as possible to people and adaptable as possible for people. So I think, yeah, people will continue doing workouts at home, I reckon. And it's quick and easy. You can just get changed, pop into your living room, do a 20 minute workout, come out and have your dinner. Like it's all quick and easy and you don't have to travel anywhere. You don't have to have the faff of getting in and out of car, getting stuck in traffic. So yeah, 
I do think it's going to boost people's confidence to do more exercising at home. I mean, it does also, if you're doing exercising at home, mean you're nearer the cake after your workout as well. Yeah, it could be a bit of a downside. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I need to start doing a nutrition series or something. (laughs) Although I don't think I can preach that. My nutrition is not amazing. (laughs) um, But you mentioned it as well that, you know, you just use things around your house. I mean, I made a joke about it at the beginning of the podcast that um, maybe you're doing it in Hogwarts, but it's simple things like broomsticks and um, tights and basically whatever you've got I mean anything goes really doesn't it with your workouts definitely I'm like we all have heavy stuff in our living room somewhere or in our house somewhere like there's definitely something that you could challenge yourself and as a weight and use as a weight um but yeah brooms are a great solution to help you do some paddling or some twists or some shoulder raises whatever you want to do with them um yeah no I really like that and I don't want to use special equipment because I don't want to put people off I want to make it as easy as possible for people um my friend is taking a mick out of me big time though he keeps saying to me um I think you should call it bed knobs and broomsticks (laughs) I love it when are you coming back with your brooms and like yeah I know I've got myself a bit of a reputation here now (laughs) I think what you need to do just for him your next online workout that you shoot is do the broomstick workout to a song from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Oh my goodness, I should, shouldn't I? <laughs> I think this has to happen. I think this is a thing that we need to set up because it would just, you know, be a bit of fun and people would sing along with it as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> All people would think, what on earth is going on there? I've never heard this song in my life. It's very crazy. But I... that is me. I'm a bit nuts anyway, so it could match me. <laughs> We've talked a lot about how the stuff you've been doing to stay active during lockdown, but have you had those, like, well, they're now called Netflix and quarantine moments where you've just kind of sat on the sofa and gone, I'm going to watch a really rubbish movie and just enjoy it and turn it, my brain off? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And... um. I don't, can't believe I'm going to admit this, but my biggest guilty pleasure is Home and Away. <laughs> and so because I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to keep my daily ghost update of a Home and Away going. So I have been binging them whenever I've had a moment. And that is my guilty pleasure. I just sit on the sofa and catch up with my Home and Aways and I love it. <laughs> there was that point, wasn't there? Because I'm a big Neighbours fan. Embarrassing admission there. I know. We can both admit it's a safe space. <laughs> there was... Um, they reduced the episodes. Oh my goodness, it was like, oh, nearly, yeah, nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> I couldn't cope. They've now put Neighbours back to five days a week, and I can tell you, yeah. last Monday when they announced it, I honestly think I popped open a bottle of champagne, because it was like, I have some normality back in my life. I know, you know, you know at six o'clock, like, yes, I get to watch it, or quarter to five, whatever Neighbours is, I can't remember, but yeah, this makes me wonder that when we're both in tokyo in a year's time how we're going to cope with three weeks without australian soap don't you worry i'll be taking my ipad i'll find a way of getting it somehow <laughs> i'm joining you in that area of the press room <laughs> yeah, we need that little lunch break i'll be like Gemma, do you want to watch something? <laughs> coming out of lockdown obviously team sports like wheelchair basketball and wheelchair rugby which are also i mean basketball says it's not a contact sport but it is um, they're, <laughs> yeah. very, they're very high contact sports, you know, can you see a way out of that at the minute and, and it getting back to, I hate using this term because everybody uses it, a new normal soon or do you think it's going to be a waiting game? 
I really do think it's going to be a waiting game. I hate to be the cynical one, um, but I know a lot of people who have texted me recently and going, oh, they're bringing about football, or maybe we'll be back soon. And I ha- I'm always the one that says to them, I hate to say it, but I don't think we're going to be back anytime soon. I mean, wheelchair basketball have said that they'd like to start continuing the season as normal in September when it would normally start. Um, but if it can't do September, then it's going to push it back to November. And then if it can't do November, it's going to push it back to January. And if it gets to January and we still can't do it, then I don't think the season next year will happen. And I think that is a high possibility. Like, same for wheelchair rugby. They want to start in September if possible. The thing is, with wheelchair rugby, a lot of them are um, high to high tetras or paras. So they have a lot of really um, different needs to wheelchair basketball players. And um, a lot of them have weak weak lung function and if they do get a chest infection or a virus <laughs> that we're going through right now that could potentially cause serious harm then they are more vulnerable and and so i don't think the sport is gonna start anytime soon because the players are more vulnerable and i don't think they should be put at risk at that so um i think sadly it's going to be a long waiting game before we can get back on any court of any sort i might be doing quite a lot of individual training for quite a long time <laughs> which is really sad because i love my team and i love my squads but do what you can do well like i'm the only girl in our wheelchair rugby squad so i um definitely miss the lads and miss the banter that they give me um but i mean that's where virtual life has been amazing because we have set up for both wheelchair rugby and wheelchair basketball teams. I've set up um, Zoom online workouts. So we do meet up on our usual regular training slots and we do a 20 minute workout. They've called it Ella's wheelchair workouts again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I lead a workout. So it's, it's different to normal, but maybe it is the new normal for the minute. And if that's a way we can all stay in contact and stay chatting and keep our morale up, then we will definitely be doing it for a while. Definitely. And, Without wheelchair basketball, without wheelchair rugby, without sport really predominantly in our life, this is your chance, Ella, to um, put something out there in the world. In cheerleading, for those who are not involved with it, culture exchange happens when we go to competitions where we give gifts to people from other countries, from our country, um, and share and talk about cultures. So, um, Ella, I now invite you to do the same. What can people do you think to fill that void that's been uh, currently left by sport do you know what i've got a good one and this one is um new to me as well so i'm definitely learning with it but for my birthday which was back at the end of april um my sister brought me a paint by numbers <laughs> and so i've actually been filling my time in between all the workouts it's weirdly addictive doing my painting by numbers and literally any spare possible moment I can be cooking a bit of pasta and then be like right I'm just going to paint this bit a bit more because it's so addictive and um I've got a beautiful one which is um three elephants walking along in like an African sunset and it's just going to look stunning when it's done but the bits are so so intricate and it's quite big as well so it's definitely going to take me quite a long time. And that's why I'm kind of hoping lockdown continues a little bit longer. <laughs> so I've got time to finish it. But yeah, it's been really addictive. So I definitely would recommend anyone getting an adult's paint by numbers because it's brilliant. <laughs> it's definitely bringing back childhood memories. Like the minute you said paint by numbers to me, it made me smile. Although I do hope, like you're saying you're painting by pasta. Um, I do hope you have always put paint on your painting and not pasta sauce. 
oh yeah don't you worry I do remember that (laughs) (laughs) and um after that brilliant cultural exchange um you've kind of given us a bit of this already have you seen cheer on Netflix in your uh lockdown state I have yes you will know the legend that is Jerry Harris um who is possibly the ultimate team player and if anybody needs a boost, he's there with his positivity. So we're now going to ask you, now you can do it. You have seen Chia. Um, you can do it in a Jerry Harris style, if you feel like, Ella. Um... <laughs> Gosh, I'm not sure I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, but now is the time for you to give us your best Matt talk. So, oh, I don't know if I can do it in Jerry Harris style. I don't think it'd be very good. I think it'd be very disappointing. <laughs> but I'll just come out with it, but... Um, I my matter is basically to seize the day. I know it's, I hate sounding really really cliche, but it's definitely to seize the day and um, take every opportunity in that moment because that's all I've done with these workouts. Um, I I saw an opportunity and I just one day seized the day and I went and filmed it and it's been a huge success. So if you don't take that risk, if you don't take that opportunity there and then, you'll miss the boat and um, you'll wish you did. You've now got me singing a song for musicals in my head with that rap talk, so it's definitely oh my goodness, done the job. Are you a musical fan as well? Yes. Don't get started. So if you've got Disney Plus, Ella, I highly recommend um, you watch Newsies, the Broadway musicals. Okay. You will understand what song I was singing in my head. On that note, <laughs> um, we have been talking for 30 minutes. You have really given us 30 minutes of your best Matt talk there, Ella. Um, no so. All I have to say now is thank you so much for giving up your time um, to join us this morning because it was an early morning wake up, wasn't it? Yeah, especially I'm not very good at morning, so I'm sorry if it took me a while to get going. I am definitely one of these that will wake up at 11 and be okay with it. So. So thank you very much, Ella, and thank you, everybody else for listening again to the constant cheerleader podcast um i'll leave you with one final message as always and that is to stay safe and stay well and we will meet again at the same time next week to champion another of life's cheerleaders thank you